Pastor Peyton, and I am one of the pastors here at New Horizon United Methodist Church in Southwest Ranches, Florida. And I'm here to welcome you who are here in person and those who are here in our digital community to worship. And I'm going to remind you, because I'm usually the one on the digital community, we see you. So let us know you're here, where you're worshiping from, and be part of the conversation of worship this morning. We are so glad to have everyone here, and let's join together in worship and song. Amen? Amen. Thank you. 
How many believe that you got to stand in faith this morning? Faith is the way. Faith is like you don't have to see it to believe it. You just got to know that the God you serve is the God you need to have faith in. Is that amen? Is who 
Good morning. You may be seated. My name is Pastor Lisa, and I want to welcome you on this beautiful World Communion Sunday. So it's a day that we take the time to recognize that we are different. We different races, different colors, different thoughts, different beliefs, but we are all one united in Christ as brothers and sisters. And we recognize this as we'll take communion later in our service. So if you're watching digitally, make sure that you have your communion elements ready. They will be consecrated with the elements here as we go into communion. So if you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, you are our source of unity and strength. In our longing for wholeness, we reach out to your son, whose touch heals our brokenness. In our yearning for community, we take hold of the promise of Christ, whose life and love binds us together as one. Jesus prayed that we might be one in spirit and one in mission, in union and communion with each other and with you. Today, God, we confess our fumblings and our failures in accomplishing unity. As we set aside yet another day to remind ourselves of the task, free us from lives of separation and distrust. Knit us into one family as we pause to worship you. On this World Communion Sunday, give us eyes to recognize your reflection in the eyes of Christians everywhere. Give us a mind to accept and celebrate our differences. Give us a heart big enough to love your children everywhere. We thank you that you set a table with space enough for all of us. And as we pray the Lord's Prayer this morning, if you know it in a different language, if you would please pray in that language. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
deserve the glory. You deserve the glory and the honor and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. the glory and the honor and the honor Lord we lift our hands in worship as we lift your holy you are great you are great you do miracles so great there is no one else like you moment this morning, I want to remind you that we share a different mission moment every week, not because we're telling you you have to do everything, but to give you opportunities to do something. And so we want to lift up something, you know, news cycles come and go, and so things get dropped off our radar. And we just wanted to remind you about UMCOR. Um, UMCOR is the United Methodist Committee on Relief. They go in and help where disasters are. They help set up infrastructure for the disaster relief programs. Um, I happened to be a part of that when Hurricane Andrew swept through South Dade. Um, I was one of the people they helped to train to, to work in that disaster. And so I just wanted to bring up um, UMCOR for you, but particularly for Haiti. Um, Haiti, as you know, got hit by an earthquake in August and a week later had a tropical um, storm come through, a hurricane come through. And they're just, there are people who are really struggling and these are our neighbors. And on World Communion Sunday, shouldn't we join together with our neighbors and try to help? So if there's any way you can help with UMCOR, if you can add that little extra gift, um, write Haiti in the memo section. If there's somewhere else that UMCOR goes that you'd rather have it go, write that in the memo. Or if you want to just let UMCOR use it at their discretion, which they are very good at, um, go ahead and just write it to UMCOR. Thank you. Good morning. So our scripture today, let me get everything situated here. I'm Pastor Peyton, in case you forgot from the earlier. I might have forgotten from earlier. Our scripture today, today comes from the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to begin in the 10th chapter, verses 13 to 16, where we hear these words. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded them, and when Jesus saw this, he grew angry, and he said, Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because the kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. And then he hugged the children, and he blessed them. Amen. 
So as we begin our worship today, I'm going to say a prayer that we may hear God's voice, and I'm also going to lift up a prayer for my friend Alicia, who is giving her testimony at her church in Mississippi. So if you'll bow in prayer with me. Father God, we ask that you would place these words on our hearts, that you would guide us through this worship service and, and help us to hear your voice. Lord, I ask that you would pour out your spirit upon Alicia as she delivers her testimony today as well. You see, Lord, we are your servants. We are here to hear your message and wisdom for us today. Guide our words and guide our steps. Amen. So, um, Pastor Lisa did mention that it is World Communion Sunday and that there is a place at the table for everyone. This is a table, which is really exciting, that there's no kids' table. Sometimes we talk about the children's table and how hard it is to get moved up from the children's table to the big people table. And today we all have a seat at the big people table as children of God. Amen? So I brought some toys because I like toys. I have toys all over my office if you haven't been to my office. Some of my favorite toys are bubbles. I always have bubbles and they are everywhere. Patience, my friends. Isn't that cool? Like, and I don't have to dip again and I get more bubbles. I mean, I don't know that we need to do anything else today besides blow bubbles. So bubbles are, are, are a fun toy. I also have some Play-Doh in my bag. I love Play-Doh. And I have these great little things. They're called brain flakes. There are some that would say my brain is a flake, but we'll see how today goes. So I invite you, if you have the capacity, you guys who are here too late, but if you have the capacity to grab some toys, grab some toys for worship today because it's about coming to, to Christ, coming to the table, coming to worship in the spirit of, of a child. And so here's... Some of the, we need a setup because, like, this week has been a tough week. I have wrestled with some scripture, and you'll see why. Um, but I'm going to give you a clue that as we talk about children and we talk about coming to God as a child and, and the kingdom of heaven being for children, and it belongs to people like these children, that, that quote of coming with the, the likeness of a child, it's about relationship. So... If you get lost today, those are the notes to write down. It's about relationships. So anytime you get lost during my tangents, which there will be a few, um, it's about relationship. And it's about not missing the point. See, God gives us these things and Jesus teaches us these things in ways that sometimes we get lost in the words and we don't see the message. Amen? So what do we know about children? Children are trusting, right? We are not born not trusting. We are born dependent on those who care for us. So we're trusting. We're curious. That's why we have to put those outlet covers everywhere. We accept those who accept us, and everybody accepts a baby. Who can be in a room with a baby and not want to go to the baby? I remember, it was so funny, Perry was probably about 16 or 17, and we had um, a new baby in the family, 
And she was awkward, I will tell you. But suddenly, you know, it's like, here, hold in. And Perry's like, well, what do I do? But it took two seconds. And she was sitting down in wonder and awe of the, the amazingness that comes in a child. And she was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. She still doesn't want children, but she can appreciate and love a child. And children also come with unconditional love, right? Like, children don't judge. They just love you for who you are, and they're honest, and they're forgiving, and they're adventurous. They want to try new things. Sometimes those trying new things and that adventure is, you know, jumping off the side of the house because you think your parachute will work. So picture this for me. We're going on a tangent now, okay? Just in case you needed warning. Um, close your eyes, open your eyes, look up, think back, look on your phone. Think of a time of celebration. Get an image in your head of what it looked like during this particular celebration that you have in your mind. Think of a time that you were completely carefree. That you didn't have the stress of the world on your shoulders, that you didn't have the weight of a million things that are distracting you, where you could just be in the moment. Think of a time of unconditional love. A time that you knew you were exactly where you need to be. You felt completely accepted and loved and valued, and you didn't need anything more or anything less. Think of a time that you never wanted to end. Think of a moment in which that everything was just as you could have imagined it to be, and you just thought in that, that perfectness of the moment, I could stay like this forever. Think of a time of overwhelming joy where you could barely contain yourself. You were so excited and joyful from the inside out. It wasn't about happiness. It was about just joy in the moment. And then take a breath and think of a time that you knew peace. Now I ask you, in each of these scenarios, were you alone or in the company of others? For me, every time that I thought of a scenario, I was with people, people I loved, my children, my family, um, in moments of, of crowds of people, of joy. Like Every time that I thought about any of these kinds of scenarios, I was in the company of others. I was mostly, like 99.9%, .9 in the company of those that I was in relationship with. So now I invite you to think about these things. Think about the laughter of a child. Like you can think of children playing on a playground and how every, like you can tell, you can hear the laughter, the excitement. You can think about the first time that you heard a baby laugh. Think about the endless questions of why. In the presence of a child, that question will always come up and it usually comes in seven to ten. Right? Why? 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 
Why? Why? Why? Why? Like, but children are curious. They want to know why. They want to understand how things work. There's also an ease of acceptance. If a child is in the room with other children, they just join together. It's an easy, it's an easy um, question. Can I play? And they do. There are instant friendships with children. There is love among children. There is trust. As long as you're there with them, all is okay. So New Horizon Preschool, thank goodness it's part of New Horizon, is one of the greatest places in the world for hugs. Just got to say. Miss Mary-Kate would say the same. So try this sometime if you're ever in the presence of a child. I have experimented with this, and I know this to be true. If your child doesn't do this, it might be broken. I'm just kidding. So anyway, at the preschool, in any class, at any time of day, here's what can happen. If I walk into a room or I walk down the hall or I see a child, it's like, hey! And you know what happens next? Hey! There are knee hugs everywhere. It's the coolest thing ever. But children just come in and they hug you and they grab you and they love you and they accept you for who you are. Again, each of these experiences occur in my brain in the presence of relationship. Right? So do you remember always wanting to be helpful? Like wanting to be in the middle of everything. Can't stop, need to be there, don't want to miss out. Let me help, let me help. Can I do that? Can I help? Can I Let me break the egg, let me stir the batter. Can I do this? Who's heard that, really? If you're online, there should be some hearts or things going up. If you've been in the presence of a child who just needs to be in the middle of everything. See, this wanting to be in the middle and the presence and be part of something, I think it's what it feels like to come to Jesus with the likeness and wonder of a child. So here's what we know about Jesus, or here's what I have discovered about Jesus. Here's what I wrote down today that we know. There's a lot more that we know. I do not have an exhaustive list because I have limited time. But Jesus tells us to love God and to love others as our primary goal. That's the greatest commandment, right? So that's easy. We just need to keep love in mind. And then we also know that in our brokenness, that through God's grace, he restores our soul. So in those moments where we are lonely or we are lost or we have, can't find our way, that Jesus is there with us and we are never alone. We are always in relationship. And we also know through creation that Jesus was created in relationship. So we can maybe conclude that we were created for relationship. God knows that our world is broken, and Jesus, in his humanness, sees and feels our pain. And beyond our words, Jesus sees our hearts. Amen? So he teaches us in parables and in stories, and he brings to us meanings that were meant for those who first heard. The Bible was written a very long time ago. And it's also messages that have meaning for us today. So this idea of the disciples keeping the children away from Jesus can speak to us the same way 
with a message for us today. And the idea of Jesus' open arms and hugging and blessing is also a message for us today. But in order to hear the, the richness in the message and to see how full circle a scripture can come, we have to look at it from different angles. And this is where I struggle. Because we want to take everything at face value, right? Bring the children to Jesus. Okay, that's easy. Bring the children to Jesus. There's a picture of it upstairs. It, it's, it's romanticized. We see this all over the place where you have Jesus sitting there with a smile on his face, big robe, long hair. All the children come. They sit at his feet. We see Jesus as our example, our teacher, our mentor, our guide, our Lord, the way to know and love God. To show us how to do things and to live like Jesus, that is our example. So here's the confusion, because like I'm sure at this point you're like, where are we going with this? This is not confusing. This is an easy message. Come like a child with the wonder and curiosity of the child. Be blessed by Jesus and all is good. Well, there's also some scriptures that trouble us, trouble me. So you can't um, proof text a piece of scripture and not understand contextually what's happening around this. So right before this scripture, the Pharisees and the disciples are at it again. And the Pharisees are questioning Jesus about divorce and all of this, and Jesus says, what does Moses say? And they say, well, Moses said that there's a decree and you can write all that up. But here's, there's so much that troubles me in these scriptures, and we didn't read them for that reason. But I invite you to go pray over the scripture beforehand, because here's what happens. Is there is hurt, there is pain, there is division, there is curiosity. There are these things that happen in these words that are said that in our context hurt. And I don't understand how scripture does that, other than the fact that there has to be a deeper message than just the face value message. And the deeper message that I came to when I looked at both pieces of scripture is it's about relationship with Christ. So I think that this bothers me for a lot of reasons. It bothers me because I'm empathetic to how others feel and how they feel in a context of what we're discussing. I am empathetic to a fault. It also makes me uncomfortable because I don't like conflict. And the fact that the disciples and the, the Pharisees and Jesus are all having this conversation that is a very adult conversation, and it's very, it's filled with conflict. The translations are filled with conflict. They are filled with messages that get proof texted all the time to hurt people, to take them away from their value and their worth as children of God. And I don't believe that's how we were meant to live in relationship with Jesus. I think hurtful text taken out of context and placed in the view of others that is hurtful can not only bring people to their knees, but have them questioning their value in the face of Christ. And there's something that I know, the Jesus story that I know beyond all Jesus stories, and we're going to talk a little bit about Jesus stories, is that Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves me. We are loved children of God 
and we are people of worth. And Jesus calls each of us to this place to be in the light. He is the light. We are in relationship with Christ in the light. We were not meant to live in a cave under a rock full of shame and pain and brokenness. Jesus came to this world for our sins to free us from the chains that, that make us feel like we are unworthy for the love that he has. And I think that when you look at this idea of bring the children to me and Jesus getting angry at the big people, the adults, the disciples, saying, no, 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 go away, go away, go away. The people that are bringing the children are bringing them out of love. And I think that this is where Jesus might say, you might be missing the point if you don't bring me the children. It's about the children. It's about coming to me and living in relationship. Because I am here today. I'm here with you. You are loved. Come to me as a child. So I believe that in Christ, the Jesus story is that there is healing and grace on the other side and that there is more to everything that we read than just the surface value of the scripture. But in order to understand the more, and the more to each of us may be different and it may be different over time. I think that's the amazing beauty of scripture is as it reveals itself to you and in your heart, it becomes deeper and more rich and more beautiful. We can see it as the legalistic idea of do this, don't do that, or we can look at it in what Jesus is telling us in terms of relationship, in relationship with God, in relationship with others, and with, in relationship with ourselves. See, here's what was interesting. In Jesus' time, children in society didn't have a lot of value. Their parents loved them. Don't get me wrong. Their families loved them. They had a place in that. But as far as in the general society, what, what could they do? They were children. They didn't work. They didn't earn a living. They didn't have skills. They, there were so many things that they didn't do that their value was very small until. And I fear that sometimes we may do the same, and the wisdom in the voice of a child is pretty crazy. Like, you can hear things out of the mouths of babes. Who's ever said that? Like, I have heard things out of the voice of a child that was like, where did that come from? It seems like years and years of wisdom. Maybe it's sitting at the foot of Jesus and hearing the Jesus story in their heart of their value and their worth. I've been away for the past few days, and some of you may know that I'm part of a cohort from, um, it, it's a group called the Adventures Leadership Academy across three conferences, and, and we are committed to the next year studying what it looks like to be a child of God, a person of worth, and the church in a society that is ever-changing. I'm sure that our work will go beyond a year. I don't think we can solve all the problems of the world in that time. But in a message this past weekend, I heard uh, my friend Sarah Wank from Illinois was talking about Jeremiah in exile. And as she was talking about Jeremiah in exile, I started to think, wow, this sounds like us. And then I started to think about the scripture that I was struggling with and refusing to preach on, but God kept saying, no, you need to talk about this, you need to talk about this, you need to talk about this. And I was, so here we are. Um, 
is that we are a people in exile today, right? So here's what she said. As we reflect on an image of a people separated from a place that they once knew, aching for normal to return. The joy of what has been is present. We remember a time of joy and great happiness, right? But then the present emptiness reminds us that this is not the way it's supposed to be. We have a hope of what can be, and we can live in a reality of what isn't. We know what is possible. We see the hope in Christ, but we live in this reality of what doesn't exist, what we wish was returned. We grieve. We grieve personally for what we want to see and be and be able to do and the disappointment of what we don't experience anymore. I think exile sounds a lot about how we're living in the midst of pandemic and racial divide and political controversy, the fight over a piece of cloth. Like every day we see some sort of exile in our community. So separation from a connected community, from the body of Christ in the world, is no less broken than separation of family or hurt or pain. So Jeremiah reminds us that we can bloom where we are planted, that, that the Lord has plans for us, that they have plans for us to prosper, which is so exciting. When I was away, I got to be part of a program, and I met a gentleman named Bob. And Bob shared with me a story. And I realized pretty quickly that Bob shared with me a Jesus story. Because we asked Bob one question. Why, are, why do you like to come here? And Bob said, because they love me here. Because they accept me here. And they, they give me a good meal and I get to sit in a chair and the bathrooms are open. Child of God, person of worth. The Jesus story is that we are all children of God and people of worth. Jesus is calling us all to allow the children, we are the children, to come and rest in his presence, to be hugged and to be blessed. The Jesus story is about a restored relationship with God for God's purpose in our lives and in our mission, in our church, and in our community. We are all children. Children of God, people of worth, and in the same way we can take our children in our arms and we can bless them, a cross on their heads that says, I love you and Jesus loves you. And that's what we're seeking when we crawl up in the arms of Jesus, to know that he loves us and God loves us. We get to embrace this gift. We get to embrace this blessing, and, and it's there for us to receive with peace, with confidence, with adventure, with love and trust and excitement and childlike wonder. Gracious and loving God, hear our prayers of brokenness and pain and a world that we feel like we're in exile. Hear our cries for vision and wisdom and open our hearts to express the wonder of children. That when we come to you, we come for shelter and wisdom and grace and blessing. 
Show us, Lord, how we can be a catalyst for blessing for children of all ages. Lead us down your path that we may be open arms and blessing and the hands and feet of Christ for all who may come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Peyton. It's good to know that we are we are all children of God, yes? And we are all going to share at this wonderful table as we begin our communion liturgy. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. God of all nations, you created every person in your image and called us by your Holy Spirit to become one in Christ Jesus, through baptism and through faith. In Jesus Christ, you showed us the way to live with unique gifts, yet in harmony with you and with each other. You are indeed above all, through all, and in all. And so today, we join with the voices throughout the earth in the company of heaven and praise your, in your praise unending him. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your child, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived among us to show us your love, caring enough to feed hungry persons, stopping to touch people in need of healing, reaching out to those who were not like himself, a Samaritan woman at a well, lepers from another country, those tortured by demons, a father pleading for his daughter, Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a rich ruler, a humble fisherman. When people gathered to hear his teachings, Jesus took bread. He blessed it and broke it and gave it to them to eat so that they might be fed. And when Jesus ate with his disciples for his final meal on earth, he remembered this blessing on the multitude. And they listened as he told them, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And then they watched as Jesus took the cup and blessed it and said, take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for the whole world for the forgiveness of sins. After his death and resurrection by the power of the Holy Spirit, the disciples told others through this meal that Jesus was the Messiah sent by God for all humankind. And we remember that now as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Christ, you are the Savior of the world. Pour out your Holy Spirit on the table spread this day around the globe and here spread with the bread which you gave us may all who partake wherever they live know the reconciling love of jesus christ may your church go forth from communion with you to be one in christ and one in witness to the world in your holy name we pray 
Amen. Worshiping with us digitally, the body and blood of Christ, broken and shed for you. Take and eat, let it fill your soul, let it fill your spirit, and give you hope everlasting. Amen. Father God, pour out your spirit on each of us. Forgive us for those ways in which that we have failed you and remind us that we are children of yours. Take us into this world as the hands and feet of Christ that all that we may meet may know and love you through the love they receive in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you please rise? Oh. 
we prepare to leave this place in love, I remind you that there are many ways for us to give back and to share the love of Christ in our community. This is a, a busy, mission-minded church, and this is a body of Christ that shares the love of Christ in all that we go. So I invite you to share in your gifts of prayers, presence, financial gifts, and of your service. So go from here in love, go in peace, and embrace all that you meet with the wonder of a child blessing them to know the love of Christ in the world today. Amen.